0: Welcome to the Christian Classical Corner with Jesus the Good Shepherd, Anglican Church, and the Good Shepherd School Project, where we discuss Christian classical education as a way forward for educating God's children. Greetings, friends in Christ. My name is Margaret Douglas, and I'm the headmistress of the Good Shepherd School Project at Jesus the Good Shepherd, Anglican Church. Let's talk some classical education. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all our hearts be always acceptable in your sight. O Lord, our strength. And our Redeemer. A prayer for the mission of the Church. O God, our Heavenly Father, you manifested your love by sending your only begotten Son into the world that all might live through him. Pour out your Spirit on your Church that we may fulfill his command to preach the gospel to all people. Send forth laborers into your harvest defend them in all dangers and temptations, and hasten the time when the fullness of the Gentiles shall be gathered in and faithful Israel shall be saved. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. Well, good morning, brothers and sisters. Great to be back with you here at the Christian Classical Corner, right here on KKVV, talking about Christian education by classical methods and how teaching our children this way can be a great tool for truly discipling them in the ways of the Lord. Now the prayer I prayed this morning is a special prayer for the mission of the church, and it's found in our Anglican Book of Common Prayer, which is a great resource, not only for community worship, but also for your own personal devotions. That prayer, and in fact, the full text of the prayer book can be found online in PDF form at bcp2019.anglicanchurch.org. That's bcp2019.anglicanchurch.org. Now, I chose that particular prayer this morning because we are once again blessed to have with us Father Howard Giles, priest and pastor, at Jesus the Good Shepherd Anglican Church in Henderson, Nevada, the church under which the Good Shepherd School Project exists and operates. And Howard is not only a priest and pastor at Jesus the Good Shepherd for going on 13 years now, but he is also a mental health counselor with Early Childhood Mental Health Services of the state of Nevada, and, and probably most importantly, the father of six of our Good Shepherd (laughs) school students. Father Howard, welcome back. It's great to have you with us again.
1: Thanks, Margaret, good to be here.
0: Now, we talked a lot about raising our children last time you were here, but I thought we'd take a little bit different direction today and talk a little bit about Jesus the Good Shepherd as whole, Mm -hmm. our mission and vision and calling, and how that's led us into this ministry of Christian education, a kind of who we are as this people of God planted in this place at this particular place and time, Mm -hmm. where we found him calling us, and then we'll move a little bit into how we're praying about our future together. Mm -hmm. Sounds good. Yeah, all right. So talk to me a little bit about what we call our purpose, mission, and vision statement. Now the first part of that comes from Ezekiel 34, right?
1: That's right. Uh, when uh, we were praying about starting Jesus the Good Shepherd, this was 2008 in the summer. I was doing my uh, daily reading and uh, was in the book of Ezekiel and was really convicted by the uh, the admonition to the shepherds and mm. the Lord um, convicting the shepherds that hadn't done what they were supposed to be doing. Yeah. And um, I brought that to the small group that we met with in Henderson in 2008. And what came out of our discussion was Ezekiel 34:16, "I will seek the lost and I will bring back the strayed, and I will bind up the crippled, and I will strengthen the weak, and the fat and the strong I will watch over. I will feed them in justice." And that re- became the... The reason, our why statement, why is it that we're planning this church? Why is it that we're starting this ministry? Because of God's compassion, his love for those that are lost and those that are strayed, and his desire to bring them back into his
0: fold. And those who need true shepherds to to watch over them. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh,
1: you know, I always tell people that has to be the Lord because I wouldn't personally, you know, want to pick that, you know, this admonition to shepherds not doing what they're supposed yeah. to do. You know? It does
0: keep you on the straight and narrow, though, well, doesn't I it? Well, I hope so. I hope the Holy
1: Spirit does and, uh, you know, our people saying, Father Howard, you know, we're we going this way or that way. So, um, yeah, with the Lord's help, yeah, we're, we're hopefully uh, keeping on track. But to me, it's it's really been it's one of those wonderful uh, gifts of the Lord that has had new layers of of meaning uh, as we've gone through the years. Mm-hmm. and um, the the fact of being in the Las Vegas area and how many people and move here. Uh, without friends and family, without a connection, yes. who feel lost, who feel distanced from uh, what's familiar and what they love, and I think that um, those are the the lost, those are the strayed, and uh, and so many are sick. I think you know, if not physically sick, but mentally, emotionally, spiritually. Yeah, Vegas sick. is a tough town for that. I Super mean, tough.
0: Spiritual brokenness is all over this valley. We see it day in and day out. Yes. And so it's hard not to want to to heal that yes So
1: and so we for us there are why is you know god's people need a home they need a place where they feel loved where they feel connected where they're welcomed and they're allowed to to be sick and wounded and uh, to feel the love of the lord and so you know our why is to welcome those people in and we haven't always liked to talk about the, the fat and the and the strong, but, uh, you know, we have had occasional uh, fat and strong people that uh, need to do work, that need to do ministry. Uh, he mm-hmm. says you'll feed them with justice. And to me that's saying, okay, if you are a mature Christian, if you have been fed and strengthened, you've got work yeah. to do. And um, we're going to give you that opportunity at Jesus the Good Shepherd to do work.
0: And I think the fat and the strong in that context probably also need to make sure that, that whatever they're doing is... Um, Sacrificing part of their fat and their strength for the broken and the lost, and not trying to get more fat and more strong from the, the whole process. Right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Sometimes people really want to hold on to that. I want to go someplace where I'm being fed. Okay. Well, feed first, you know, care for those people that are coming in first. Yeah. Uh, You know, the example that we used recently was welcoming people. People when they come to church, they like to be welcomed. They like to have somebody remember them and remember their names. And that's that's a nice thing. But what's even more wonderful is to welcome people and to remember people's names. And there's so much more to be gained by, by caring for people, by welcoming them in, by remembering their names, by being the greeter. And I think that the real feeding for mature Christians comes from that service. You find so much more um, from from serving.
0: yeah, ministry of just sort of basic hospitality. You know you are welcome here. This is our green pasture come and feed. Yep. so yep. so that's you said that's the why section, mm-hmm. so to speak. So mm-hmm. the next session section of that purpose, mission and vision statement comes from acts two forty two
1: that's right, and that's our, our, our what statement. So, okay, why are we here? We're here because God has compassion for the lost. Uh, what are we going to do about it? What is it that the church is called to do? And in Acts chapter two, verse forty-two, we read, uh, "They devoted themselves, they being the apostles, to the apostles' teaching and fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers." Mm-hmm. So there's really four activities. There's four things that the early church is doing here in Acts. They're teaching. They're having fellowship, they're breaking bread, and they're praying. And in yeah. Jesus, the Good Shepherd, we say we are being the Church when we're doing all four of those things. There may right. be a time when we're just called to have fellowship. We'll, you know, we'll go and we'll have a picnic together, and that's wonderful. That's We've fellowship. had some great picnics together. We do, especially Transfiguration well. up yes. on the mountain. That's yes,
0: a great time to a fellowship. Together. Yes.
1: And sometimes we get together just for teaching, right? And um, I shouldn't say just. Well, yeah. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, Good Shepherd School is a great example of that, right? We're uh, bringing the children together, and we're grounding them in in truth and in knowledge. Uh, And so that's a very important ministry, Uh, but we're not the whole of the church when we just do one of those do things. Section, right. When we get together and we do all four as we do on Sunday mornings and we do it other times during the week when we're teaching, we're having fellowship, we're breaking bread, which is the sacraments, Holy Communion, right. uh, baptism, uh, and we're doing the prayers and, and the definite article is there, the mm. prayers. It's not just prayer, it's the prayers. So there are responsibilities that each Christian has in prayer. We have to pray for the whole church. We have to pray Mm -hmm. for our uh, community leaders, those in authority. We have to pray for the sick. We have to pray for those uh, doing ministry. So there are set prayers of the church uh, that we read in the Psalms, that we uh, read in other places of scripture. Uh, We have to pray in thanksgiving to the Lord, acknowledging him. Uh, So when we're doing all four of those things, teaching, fellowship, Holy Communion and the prayers, then we're the fullness of the church. We're doing all the things that the Lord has called us to do.
0: And we believe that that's what he's called us to do at this time and in this place in Henderson, Nevada. That's right. For for those people who are the lost and the broken and sometimes the fat and the strong too. But those people, um, we need to be be sending them out to do more of the help of the fat. Or more the help of the lost than the broken. Am, yeah. Am I hearing that correctly?
1: Exactly right. They're, they're being called to participate with the Lord. His, it's His compassion for the sick uh, is, is why we're being sent out. And so um, when we're responding to the Lord's compassion, we're responding to His love. And we're saying, okay, the Lord loves you. He wants to heal you. He's going to heal you with Holy Communion. He's going to heal you through prayer. He's going to heal you through Christian fellowship. He's going to heal you with godly teaching. And it's really wonderful because, um, you know, there, there are four things. There's four people. There's the lost, the strayed, the crippled, and the weak. And then there's four activities, teaching, mm. fellowship, Holy Communion, the breaking of bread, and the prayers. So there's these four groups, and then there's these four activities. And to me, that's, you know, again, the Lord aligning for us that this, this ministry, this work is for yeah. these people. And, and I think it's really wonderful that, you know, you can be a small church. Sometimes uh, we think, oh, we've got to be a certain size. Uh, but, you know, it only takes two or three to do yes, those four cause things. Yes, because we
0: say that every time we pray um, the prayer of, of uh, St. um St. John Chrysostom. Chrysostom, um, which is in our morning prayer and our evening prayer service. Yes. And it talks about when two or three are gathered together in your name, you will be in the midst of them. Yes. And, you know, and I think about that sometimes when I'm doing that service with like just my son. Yeah. And we read that prayer and it's okay. It doesn't matter. There's two of us. Yeah. But there's more because Christ is here.
1: And we really have to believe that as, you know, I said, I'm a small church pastor. Uh, that's, That's enough. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it's enough to have two or three. We're doing we're doing these four things. We're doing the things the Lord has called us to do. We have to really believe that's enough. We don't need a certain number. We don't need a certain size to do the work of God.
0: No, and in fact, sometimes we get so caught up in the size. I I think um, because the world tells us that bigger is better. Yeah. But that's the world's story. Oh yeah. Um, that's not the Lord's story. The Lord started with twelve. Yep. And, and yes, he branched from there, but they didn't they weren't trying to build mega churches. Yep. They were trying to build church communities everywhere. Yep. And I, to me it seems that that's a more important mission because otherwise you sort of lose the community of the faithful. You yep. just have this big corporate conglomerate that yep. <laughs> we have in sort of everything.
1: And big churches can be wonderful, but they can be sick as easily as they yeah. can be healthy and small churches the same way they can be sick as well as they can be healthy. So um, we are small, and I believe right now we are healthy because of our attention to what the Lord has called us to do, these these four things.
0: Yeah. And now the the last part of this um, purpose, mission vision, this is the vision statement, mm-hmm. right And that comes mm-hmm. from Hebrews 10, 23 and 25. And tell me a little bit how, about how that came about.
1: So this is our how. So we have the why because of God's compassion for the sick. We have our what the things He's calling us to do. These four activities, and then how do we do it? Right. Um, anybody that's that has children or that's worked with young people uh, knows. You know, during those teenage years, they'll do it, but they do it with a a frown on their face or they do it recalcitrantly. Maybe anybody that just you know works in the business world or you know you go to the coffee shop and. Yeah, they yes. may bring you the coffee, but they're you know they're not being friendly. They're not doing it with uh, an attitude of of love, and so we don't want to just be doing these things. We want to be doing them with the right attitude. So, right. how do we do it? What kind of an attitude do, do we have? And and in Hebrews chapter ten verse uh, twenty three and twenty four, we read, "Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful." And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. So, again, there are four things about, you know, how do we do this thing? The first is holding fast. And we read that that phrase, hold fast or stand firm, dozens of times in the scripture, you know. Yes. I get that picture um, from that great movie Master and Commander uh, with Russell Crowe. There was one of the seamen that had hold tattooed on four knuckles and fast tattooed on the other four right because he's up in the rigging and if he doesn't hold fast to the rigging
0: (laughs) he's he's plummeting to his death right (laughs) and that's what's going to happen to us if we don't hold fast to the lord yeah the
1: the ship is in this storm and we're in the rigging doing his work and if we're not holding fast to him who is faithful uh, then we're likely to get tossed overboard. So when we come to Jesus the Good Shepherd, we're in the rigging. We're holding on tight uh, to the truth of God and his word. Um, and, and it's because of his faithfulness, right, that we do that. And then we're also stirring one another up. And uh, this, I, I love this one. And You know, different translations say it differently. Um, you know, in the King James, it's provoking. Provoking
0: uh, one another unto and and love yes,
1: and to good works. Yeah. Yes. I, I just love that, provoking, you know, because that gets great <laughs> discussion. We're supposed to provoke one another? Yes, to, <laughs> to love and to good works. And it's so easy, like when we do the fellowship, um, to just drift off into things. But our, our focus really needs to be on, you know, uh, provoking one another, encouraging one another to love, yes. right? Love that person, You've told me how frustrated you are. I understand that. How can you love them, right? How can you serve them? You know, yeah. provoke me, encourage me. I'm going to share some of my frustrations. What are some ways that I can show uh, love? And um, what are the good works that the Lord is calling me to do? Not neglecting to meet together, right? Regular fellowship,
0: yes, and you not know? just you know one hour on Sundays. It's, I mean, that's, we need that one hour or one hour and a half on Sundays, yes. but, you know, continuing in the fellowship yes. after the formal part of the service, meeting together at other times, you know, enjoying, yes. enjoying the friendships that come from being the people of God together.
1: That's right. Oh. And we have to encourage one another. And I tell people just just showing up in the parking lot is encouraging. You know, when I'm standing out in front of Jesus, the Good yes. Shepherd, uh, there in, in Henderson. In your hat, yes, I wear my my your shade hat, hat. Uh, in the middle of summer. Uh, you know, when 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 folks come into the parking lot, when you and your family pull in, you put a smile on my face. You've just encouraged me, and all you had to do is pull into the parking lot. You know, I I've been encouraged now. So whenever we come together, we are encouraging one another. Um, But then we really have to do, you know, more encouragement, um, you know, to say, you know, you can do this. The Lord is with you. Um, You can do those prayers. You can, you know, serve your family. You can, you know, uh, fulfill that purpose that God has given you. We have to be about the work of encouraging one another. Um, so, again, we're not coming to be encouraged, we're coming to encourage, and when we come to encourage, we'll receive then encouragement. And we
0: receive that blessing. Yeah. Exactly
1: right, ourselves. And and I love the last part, as you see the day drawing near, and of course the day is the return of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. He will come again. And we know that, um, that that's coming soon when uh, we see all of the, the difficulties in the world, the turmoil yes. of this sea. And so... You know, some people, when they see that, get discouraged and mm. uh, fall away. And when we see the difficulties in the world, we should be more encouraged and more encouraging.
0: Yeah.
1: Oh, look at the mess the world is in. I need to encourage you. Look at the mess the world is in. I need to hold fast my faith. I need to right. provoke you to good works. So our response needs to be a, a greater effort, a greater tenacity, a greater love um, when we see that day approaching.
0: And, of course, all amazing things basically come out of, of darkness. I mean, look at our Lord's resurrection is probably the quintessential exam, example of that. But the Lord transfigures. And when there are dark times, that's only, you know, we see it as the dark time. Mm-hmm. But for him, it's a moment to transfigure. Right. And he's often he's calling us in that's partnership right. with that, which is is yep. an amazing thing, so that's yeah one of the things that we're doing is we're exhorting each other, yeah, he disciplines
1: he disciplines those he loves that that fire is is consuming, it burns away the dross, it burns away the You know, the extra that needs to be burnt away. We were singing
0: Refiner's Fire the other day. The kids picked for one of our closing hymns. It's been sticking in my head all week. Yes.
1: And what a blessing to be able to teach that to our children at a young age, right? That this is hard. And and, and it's requiring extra effort on your part. And you're having to give more attention and more focus and look at the benefit that that you have from that.
0: Now tell me how you see this this purpose and this mission and this vision how did that lead us into a christian education ministry
1: uh well i think primarily um that that why statement Mm -hmm. um because who is more uh lost and uh, broken than our children and uh, and the methods by which the culture has told us that we need to educate Uh, so the system is broken the educational system is broken and our children are the most at risk. Um, and uh, you know, for my work with the state, I go and, and I see children in daycare, and um, the thing that strikes me the most is they have no way to affect their world. They have no power mm. to affect their world. They, there's, there's nothing that they can do to try to change what their teachers are doing, what the administrators are doing. They're completely powerless. Right. you know if you and i if we're someplace and we're not being treated well we can leave and or we've speak got speak up or yeah we we've got we've got resources at the very least our voices and uh, they don't have any of that and so uh, we have to to make a place where they are really protected yeah and um and and the the work of the church the fellowship the breaking of bread the prayers those are foundational they're not extra and so, uh, you know, that's... they're not
0: non-essential. They are essential.
1: <laughs> exactly right. And so our worship needs to start with. And I think I think that's another thing where, you know, I think I don't want to criticize other, you know, Christian schools and, and what they do. But sometimes it's what the school district is doing with a veneer of Christian worship. We're going to give them, a, you know, a chapel for an hour at the end of the week. That's not enough. We'll
0: mention Jesus in the curriculum. That's not enough. Yeah. Because we talked about on this program last week how the stories of the world get really, really deep, really fast, even with Christian children. That's right. And how we've got to inoculate them against with with the true stories That's right. of the Lord. That's right. So,
1: so they need to be in worship every day.
0: Yeah.
1: And so at Jesus the Good Shepherd, to me, um, we're giving them that work to do. We're saying, okay, here's the work of the church. Yeah. So you're doing this every day. And out of that worship that they do every day, multiple times a day— uh, will okay. come, you know, true wisdom and to, true knowledge right. because Christ is the true educator. He is the true teacher. And when we're focused upon him who has created all things, then we will know all things. So um, there there is no education outside of Christ. There Amen. is no truth or yes. knowledge outside of him. So if we're not starting the day with him, with his worship, uh, with his teaching, um, then we're, we're fooling ourselves.
0: Right. But and again, we're just putting that little Christian veneer over the world stories, and that's, that's never enough. Christ mm-hmm. made, made that very, very clear no. in the Gospels. Yeah. So take a minute or two and just talk to us about what comes next. Now, the, the parish is in prayer and discernment for a, a plan for the future. Tell mm-hmm. us a little bit about that.
1: Mm-hmm. So uh, we've been meeting for about 10 years near the Valley Auto Mall in Henderson. Right. Uh, Gibson and um, American Pacific or kind of our cross streets. And so that's a kind of an industrial area. We've been renting space. We have about 4,000 square feet. The city of Henderson has told us that uh, we can't get a license as a school in that space, in that neighborhood. So we need to have a neighborhood where we can be licensed as a school. Um, we have almost 2,000 square feet in worship space. As I say, I'm you know this is a small church and I'm a small church pastor and that's a right. wonderful thing. Uh, there are some times when a small church needs to have a big party, uh, like a burial mm-hmm. service, yeah. which to, you know, all those uh, free church a- evangelical brothers out there, as you said, uh, the prayer book is a wonderful resource yes. for doing burial services. If you're wondering how to organize that, the uh, faith of 500 years of English worship will guide you in that. Uh, so we need a place where we can do the weddings, the burials. We can have the big parties, the and big celebrations. And then expand
0: into the, into the school. So in, in the, school. our last minute that's left, tell us a little bit about um, where we're how we're praying for that.
1: Uh, we're praying that the Lord uh, help us to raise $5,000 and uh, show us the place where we can go. $5,000? Oh, excuse me. Did I say 5000 <laughs> Five million dollars
0: <laughs> where we can feed the five thousand exactly. or, or whomever he is calling us to feed exactly so so
1: that's our that's our goal five million dollars to, to have a building that can house a private school
0: so that's what we're praying for mm-hmm. and um asking for the Lord to show us where that is and how that's going to come about and um, we ask for our listeners continued prayers in yes. that ministry and um Thank you for coming and sharing oh, thank you. with us about that. And it's been a, a great talk. And we hope folks will check us out at VegasAnglican.org. Have a wonderful week. God bless. And we'll see you next week on the Christian Classical Corner. Thanks so much for joining us at the Christian Classical Corner. It's been a pleasure, and we hope that it's been a blessing for you. Want to learn more? Find out more about our school project at goodshepherdhenderson.info and more about our church, where you can support our ministry at vegasanglican.org. Thank you so much. Be blessed. And we'll see you next week, Friday, 8.30 a.m., for more talk on Christian Classical Education.